0: In this episode of Kids Bible Breakdown, we're breaking down Genesis 31. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were starting to grumble, saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained wealth from what belonged to our father. Jacob also noticed that Laban's attitude towards him had changed, and not in a good way. Just to recap, Laban had an abundance of wealth he didn't have before because God was with Jacob, and the blessings overflowed to Laban. But since Laban tried to be tricky with the whole animal situation, God intervened to increase Jacob's wealth instead of Laban's. The Lord told Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and relatives, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent for Rachel and Leah to have a family huddle out in the fields. He said to them something like, listen, it's clear I'm no longer on your dad's good side. You both know I've worked for your father with all my strength but he keeps changing my wages and keeps trying to find ways to cheat me. But God has been with me and hasn't let your father harm me. When your dad says you only get the speckled babies, then God steps in and makes sure the whole flock only has speckled babies. Then when your dad sees all the babies being born are speckled, then he changes it and says, well, now you only get straight babies. But God steps in again and ensures that all the animals being born in the flocks now have stripes instead of speckles. He went on to tell them that he had a dream where the angel of God said that he had seen what Laban was doing and that God was controlling what markings the flock babies would have in order to ensure Jacob continued to be blessed. Jacob also told them that in that dream, he was told, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. In a rare occasion, Rachel and Leah both agreed. They said that they doubted there was going to be any inheritance for them from their father because he even spent some money that was supposed to go to them. They said that their father was treating them like some foreigners, meaning he was treating them like people that were from some distant land instead of his own household. They agreed that whatever wealth God took away from their father belongs to them and their children, so they told Jacob, Do whatever God has told you to do. So Jacob packed up his family and put them on camels and drove all his livestock and belongings ahead of him to head back to Canaan. Before they set off, Rachel went into her father's household while Laban was shearing sheep and stole his household gods, which were like little idols or statues. Then, without telling Laban, Jacob and his crew fled. They crossed the Euphrates River and headed for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob fled. I would think you would still have to have a considerable amount of property and belongings to not notice that 20-ish people, along with all of their belongings, have been gone for three days. But when Laban found out, he grabbed some of his relatives and went to pursue Jacob. It took them seven days to catch up with Jacob's clan in the hill country of Gilead. Then God came to Laban in a dream and told him, Do not say anything to Jacob, good or bad. Jacob and his group had set up tents, and Laban's group went to camp there also. Laban said to Jacob, what have you done? You have deceived me and carried off my daughters like captives of war. Which we know isn't true. Rachel and Leah were totally on board with leaving. Laban continued by asking, why did you run off and deceive me? Why did you not tell me so I could have sent you off with a party? You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren or daughters goodbye. You have done a foolish thing. I have the power to harm you. But last night, the God of your father came to me and said, Do not say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. You have gone off because you want to go back to your father's land. But why did you steal my gods? Jacob replied "They left quietly because he was afraid that Laban would take his daughters from him by force. Jacob went on to say, But if you find anyone who took your gods, that person should not live. Then he encouraged Laban to look around for anything that belonged to him because Jacob was not aware that Rachel had stolen Laban's gods. So Laban went around to all the tents and searched for his belongings but found nothing because Rachel had taken the idols and put them in her camel's saddle and then she was sitting on top of them. When her father approached her, she told him something along the lines of, Don't be angry at me, my lord, that I can't stand up in your presence because I'm not feeling my best. So Laban found nothing. Then Jacob was angry. He confronted Laban, asking, What is my crime? How have I wronged you that you hunt me down? Now that you've searched through all of our stuff, what have you found that belongs to you? Put it here in front of your relatives and mine and let them be the judge between us. I have a feeling Jacob really wasn't expecting an answer to any of these questions or even allowed enough time in between questions for Laban to answer. He was mad. He went on to tell Laban that he had taken good care of his flocks for 20 years, out in the heat of the day and the cold of the night, sacrificing sleep to make sure all the animals were cared for. Jacob said that he didn't use any of Laban's flock for his food, and every time an animal was stolen or killed by another animal, Jacob paid for it, not Laban. Jacob continued by basically saying to Laban, And yet you keep trying to cheat me, and you would have likely sent me away with nothing, but God saw my hard work and all that had happened, and God intervened for me, and last night he rebuked you. I feel like Laban starts pushing the boundaries of not saying anything negative, but he responds, The women are my daughters, and the children are my children. The flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. Which, side note, it's not Laban's. Jacob worked for years to earn all of it, and the only reason Laban has what he does is because he got the blessings of God being with Jacob. But moving on, Laban continued, But what can I do about my daughters or these children that they had? Come, let's make a covenant, or a promise, between you and I. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar, and Laban gathered stones to set up. Then Laban said, May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. If you mistreat my daughters or take any wives besides my daughters, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. Laban also said, This heap of stones that I have placed and this pillar that you have placed also is a witness to the promise that you will not go beyond your pillar to harm me and I will not go beyond my heap of stones to harm you. He ended by saying, May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their father judge between us. Which means they are asking God to punish whoever doesn't keep the promise. Jacob then took an oath and he offered a sacrifice. He then invited his relatives to a meal. The next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and daughters and blessed them, and he returned home. The thing that stands out to me here is God's faithfulness. God said that he would watch over Jacob and return him to the land of his fathers, and he did. Even though Jacob didn't do things exactly right, God can be trusted to keep his promises, always. He is so faithful, even when we're not. He's an amazing God.